welcome everybody to an episode of Forging Brains Podcast. I'm Riley Kirkpatrick with my co-host Gavin Cooper. And today we are at Brian's Trailer Shop on Whidbey Island. I don't know if you wanted everybody to know his location, but they do now. The address is... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, we had a team practice this weekend and we were lucky enough to have a couple of really handy guys come and help us out. And it was uh, Ian Ritchie and John Dixon. Thank you guys for coming to help us out and doing the episode. You guys are very welcome. Yeah, thank you. It uh, was a big help. Yeah, it's huge. Big help. So, don't really want to talk about us too much. We'd like to hear more about you guys. Since Ian, you're the oldest, we'll go ahead and start off with you. Thanks, man. Thanks for reminding me. (laughs) (laughs) And the biggest. So, (laughs) what got you into shoeing horses? All right, uh, I feel like I've told this story hundreds of times, but I'll go over it once more. Started when I was 16. I obviously, with the accent, you can tell I'm not from here, from Scotland, uh, which is part of the UK. In the UK, we have a four and a half year apprenticeship system. Mm-hmm. So I started at 16, uh, worked with an, an amazing uh Fadi, who recently passed away, but he was definitely a, a mentor and a massive, massive influence in my, uh, sh- obviously, shoeing career, but obviously my life as well. Uh, he definitely molded me into the 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 guy I am now, or, or one of those guys that molded me. Um, yeah, so come 20, 21 years old, I was qualified. I was on the register, on the Farrier's Registration Council. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> and... Uh, <clears throat> And this was in Scotland? In Scotland, yeah. Served my apprenticeship just east of Edinburgh. Uh, the college, the school, uh, at the time there was only one in the UK. It was the Hereford School of Farrieri. Hereford's in the southwest of England. So I had to travel down there. Uh, it wasn't easy. Uh, I can't stress enough how it wasn't easy. In the UK, you can't drive until you're 17. Oh. So I, I couldn't even get there. I had to get the, the train to Glasgow. From Glasgow all the way south, it took me like all day. And in, in one hand, I had a little bag of tools. On my backpack, I had some clothes. And in the other hand, I had my bike, my 10-speed racer. I had, that's the <laughs> only way I was going to get from my digs to the college. So it was very a very humble start for me. Uh, even the first year, I remember it was, it was a tough year. The first year was not, was not great, but things have only gotten better now we're in year 34 and I can honestly I can honestly say that uh, every year's been getting better I really do why do you say that first year was so tough what was tough about it I was sweeping floors making tea fetching newspapers getting the old boss cigarettes all I was doing was wrenching and clenching so all I was doing was pulling off clenching learning to be an apprentice Learn to be an apprentice, bending old horseshoes, making them straight, making them square, making them round. I wasn't getting to use new steel, cut new stock. There was none of that. Uh, and so did you guys not, did high school not go till you were 18? It did. Uh, I was young for my age. I went to grade 11, equivalent to grade 11. Okay. I had my university qualifications that would allow me to get to a university. I didn't need them. I got into the school of Farrary. Um... I think I was the only, I was definitely the only Scottish guy in my class. Uh, therefore, I was funded by the government at the time. Really? Uh, so the boss paid my wages, which were very minimal. 
but the government bought my tools, paid for my education, paid for my lodgings when I was away. I even was able, I was, I was even paid to go to college by the boss. He would give me my weekly wage. There it was, off you go, you go for your, it was block release. So I went for six weeks at a time. I, and just being away from home, maybe some people can handle it better at 16, but, and I did, we managed fine, but at 16, there's no cell phones, there's no writing home, your pals, your folks. You had to go to the payphone down the road if you wanted to communicate with people back home. You're completely disconnected. Yeah. Did yeah. you did you have to do anything to qualify for this to get for Scotland to fund you, or were they just like <clears throat> you're the only one interested? I was the only one interested. So oh, there you easy. go, get going. You know, there you go. We'll help you as much as you. <clears throat> Scottish Development Agency, the SDA. I always remember uh, them helping me out financially. Um, to get into the college, you had to go down and do a little test. Uh, it was just a formality. Okay, yeah. Eight hours drive, down you go, which in the UK, you'd be in the UK, it's a massive drive. Eight hours, it's yeah. like a long weekend, you know. Yeah. And mum and dad took me down and did a little test. You're not making horseshoes. You're making, you're, you're, it's an aptitude test. You're making a little forging eye thing. Uh, you had an oral chit-chat with a, with a couple of the instructors at the time. And uh, they rubber stamped it and then I, I was accepted. Did you have to, have you done any forging before you did that test? No. Just bending old horseshoes, practice making this little eye hook thing. And then the boss gave me the pat in the back and sent Say me on my way. Yeah. That is Sink cool. or swim. Yeah. And it, it was, I mean, looking back, it was, it was an, uh, an amazing experience. But to do it all again, boy, it was tough. It was tough. Oh, Wait. I bet it was super hard. Yeah. And it was because you're also getting like, did the learning curve get real steep once you got there, even though they just had you doing little stuff? Was it still harsh work, you know? Definitely. You, you're in there. You're, you're jamming six weeks worth of, of learning in. You're, you're, you're doing a whole bunch of stuff in the classroom in the morning, into the forge in the afternoon. Uh, lots of live horse stuff. Uh, I can't remember if we were shooing. I think we were shooing right off the bat. Don't remember too much about it to be honest. It was so so long ago. I uh, had a bunch of amazing instructors that were pretty famous at the time in the UK. A uh, couple of vets would come in and help us. It was it was it was great stuff. I'm still pals with some of the guys that I was in college with. Um, the first the first uh, term I suppose at college must be 1989. Uh, the only Scottish guy there, but I hear that there's, there's, we're first year, obviously. The third years are there as well. Have you heard these stories? You've heard all this crap. Yeah, every, every day. <laughs> and there was a third year group in there it. as well, and, and, and I kind of got pals with a guy. I would pick the football, the soccer team at lunchtime. I had a ball. We'd play football, soccer at lunch. I'd pick the team for the, for the first years, and this other guy would pick the team for the third years. We'd play each other. His name would just have to be a guy called Darren Bazin. Yeah. yeah three-time world champion uh -huh. <clears throat> and there was another guy in the class in the third year class a Scottish guy so I had to go find this guy right away a guy called Derek Gardner well, oh. I was in class <laughs> we were all there at the same time little did I know they were going to go on and be who they are now hi uh, just amazing farriers people and, and champions in the trade so that was cool so you, my, <clears throat> you said some of your uh, instructors that time were really well known who who were they a guy called Tom Williams little Welsh guy a guy called Tom Wright another little Welsh guy I think I could be wrong, they were both ex-military. There was no nonsense with those guys. Yeah, no um, horsing around. I always remember Tom Williams. <clears throat> a 
it's a bit of a fighter, you know. And we, all the fighters go out at night time and he warned us, if any of us got into any fights, you make sure everybody jumps in. No man. <laughs> <laughs> you make sure, and this well shack sent, and you made sure you got in there and you helped out, no man gets left behind to get a, a yeah. doing, you know. So they, they, were, uh, they, they were a tough crew. Prior, uh, there's a guy there, at, he'd just come in, a guy called Alan Woodyat, I think he's still teaching at Hereford, I think he's back to Hereford now. Uh, when we went with the Canadian team four years ago, uh, they invited us in to come and use a facility, which was cool to go back to Hereford, to have Alan Woodyat go over all our stuff. It, yeah. was, it was cool to turn the clock back 30 years and it, it was cool for me. That was a good deal. And Daniel so, Bennett? Daniel Bennett was not around <clears throat> when I was at college, no. <clears throat> but there was a couple others. Uh, but I, Tommy Williams, Tommy Wright were the two that I remember. They were the ones that made the impression just that hardcore, no nonsense, none of this snowflake stuff. They would not even yeah. get in the door. They would not even get in the door uh, back then. The teaching methods that you were taught, do you think uh, those should be kind of implemented more nowadays, like with Ferry? Like, do you think... Uh, we need kind of a system or a standard like that, whether it's in Canada or United States. You mean the apprenticeship thing or the hard line thing? Because the hard line thing is a social issue. That's not a yeah, thing. That's, that's a social thing. Yeah. That's something kind of different. But <clears throat> so, so you're asking me if I think there should be regulations in horseshoe? Yeah, it could be a kind well, of. Oh, how long have you got? Uh, let's get into you it. Got. We try, we <laughs> tried some sort it. of regulation in Canada five years ago. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, and and me personally. I was Switzerland. I had my qualifications, so if they want to go that route, yeah. I was fine. I was, going to, I was going to survive regardless. Mm -hmm. I was going to carry on and, and do my thing. Do I personally think it's going to make a big difference? No. I don't think that's the, the way. There's lots of other reasons. I assume, let's just go back a few steps. I assume uh, they want to implement regulation to try and improve the standard. Uh, but I think the, you get some crappy, shitty jobs, not because we're not all being through school, college. There's a, so many other reasons uh, why there's shitty horseshoeing out there. I don't think schooling is or regulation is the reason to fix it. But do you think, like, our schooling so different here? Yep. And so how do we kind of help our schooling get standardized? Or do you think that we're all in America a little bit daydreaming that the UK is that much better than here? A couple of questions there. Yeah. Do I think the UK? Oh, boy. It's tough to say. I haven't been out and about seeing everyday horseshoeing in the UK for, for years. But the stuff that I did see even 20 years ago, uh, there's just as much junk over there as there is over here. Is that true? I'm sure if you go to the cowboy country, step away from the populated areas like here on the coast, Vancouver, if you were to step away, I'm sure you see a lot of junk, a lot of terrible shoeing. Um, maybe there's a, kind of lose my train of thought here, but there is, there's lots of poor shoeing in the UK for many other reasons other than their, their education system so I don't think yes the school system should be longer look at speaking to your man earlier on that had been to the college for two months mm -hmm. that's not the way to go yeah but somewhere in between uh, it might be a better idea yeah so like would you go back on like do you think you're four and a half years 
in the college. It's not how long you said you were there. I think they, uh, do you think it was drawn out a little bit? Do you think that was too long? No, not for me. Um, I look at the college in, in Langley, British Columbia. It's a nine month program. Uh, they learn all the same stuff, but they just all cram it in week after week after week. Whereas for this guy, uh, going and learning for six weeks, that was great. Soaked in just enough, go home, practice it, get better at it. Then six months later, it's time to go back for another six weeks. So you go back and that suited my pace of brain better than just nine months of jamming it all in. Yeah. So it was a personal thing. I, I didn't have a choice, but it just worked out for me better. No, that makes, it makes a lot of sense. <clears throat> but it is hard, I think, like, I think us as Americans want there to be some sort of standardization. And I don't know if we want there to be regulation. Yeah, not necessarily <clears throat> regulation, but in a way to up the standard, I guess, you know, to kind of get everybody else on board. Be kind of the way that I would think about it. Yeah, so it's like I do think we daydream a little bit that it's uh, the UK is this like shining star of regulation just because we probably don't know. Hi. I don't know anyone that has the answer to that. I don't know anyone yeah. that goes to the UK and looks at everybody's job to decide if it's better or worse. Uh, yeah. I think there's tons of good work, tons, lots of good work over there. Uh, their competition works better. I'm quite happy, I'm quite mm -hmm. confident to say their competition work is better. They're definitely stronger. Uh, but is the bottom any higher up than the bottom here? Who's to say? I don't know. Yeah. There's just, we just talked about it on the way here. There's lots of reasons why the bottom's there. We get sore, we get tired we're in a rush home to meet the wife girlfriend for an anniversary dinner oh you're just gonna knock out a couple more quick ones oh, yeah we can do these in 40 minutes you're yeah. gonna cut corners so many reasons why the why there's a low standard somewhere and i think we're all lying if we say we haven't been there you know oh we're all guilty of we're all guilty yeah. getting yeah. through it you're the first person we've had on the podcast that's been through that apprenticeship so it's just kind of first person yeah been able to I, ask so i personally like it it suited me Coming here to the, you know, the UK is this size. Yeah. Come to Canada, America, which is this size. Who's going to police it? First of all, who's going to police that? Yeah, that is the tough part. So, can't police the things we already got. Exactly. <laughs> so, I just see lots of problems with it. Uh, but for me, it suited me personally at the time. Yeah, it would be nice if there was an option, I guess, for people to go to a longer schooling like that. They tried in Canada, in yeah. Calgary, there's a college there, and they tried to do a two-year program. I think it was around for two years. Yeah. And it got kiboshed. It didn't pan out. Mm. That's what Gavin went to. Was yeah. A, it was a, a two-year two program. Jeff Engler in Walla Walla. Right. And That's a great program. Why yeah, did it not pan out? It was. Funding. You know, funding, right. And gotcha. lack of students, I guess, then yep. creates lack of funding. You're right. So, yeah. Lack of students because they want to go somewhere with and get a quick fix. Yeah, so I want to do it in six months. Yeah. I want to do well, six weeks. Yeah, yeah, and they have like that huge diesel tech program that probably overpowers it in that, and then you know the way the world's going to technology and yep. so it goes that way. Hmm. You know, just the generation that's coming up. Yeah, yeah, it's probably harder and harder. Less and less people wanting to get involved with shooting horses. Kind of what I would think. So, how long did you shoe? in the UK after you got out of college? I, uh, I stuck around, I was, I was graduated in 93, I stuck around for a year and a half with my boss. I felt obligated to try and work 
learn some more, compete a little bit, and, and kind of pay him back. It was uh, I felt uh, obligated to do that. And then in '95, I took off in April '95. I took off traveling. I went to Asia for a little bit, Australia, New Zealand, and then I came home via California. And then I hit this town called Vancouver when I met. How how long were you in in these other? You're like ah, yeah, Asia, New Asia. Zealand. I was away for ten. Skip months. around. Okay. I was away for ten months. Yeah. Just having fun. Yep. They shot a bunch of horses in in New Zealand. Didn't do much shoeing. I worked in the racetrack in Sydney. I bummed around. I'd saved up a bunch of money and I went scuba diving off the Great Barrier Reef and I did all the bungee jumping you could throw at me. And Really? Yeah, you know, I did all that stuff, yeah. yeah. Played a whole bunch of soccer. And then I eventually made it to Vancouver and uh, I met this guy's dad. Really? Yes. I, I stayed with some friends I'd met a year or so before that and uh, they wanted to introduce me to their farrier. And this guy shows up in the door one day, hey. I knew he was coming, but he shows up the door with two coffees. I said, hey, he, he said, I brought you a coffee. I said, I don't drink tea or coffee. Man, he says, I'm not sure. I think you and I got on just fine. And he took both the coffees and <laughs> him and I went off shooting for the day and we were best pals. Just like the, that. For 20, nearly 20 years. That's yeah. awesome. And how did you, so did you work with Steve then? Hey, off and on for a little bit. And then in 98... I get my dates off. Yeah, 98, I came across. I wanted to stay. I wanted to stay and give it a shot. There was nothing. I mean, I, I love Scotland. There was nothing wrong with Scotland. I wasn't getting away or escaping. I just saw a little opportunity in Vancouver. I just, I, I felt like I was going to fit in. And Steve and his first wife at the time, John's mum, they provided me with a, a, a job. So it was easy to qualify for my work permit. Okay, oh, so I, I was in. Once I got my work permit, I got my little card, and I was, I was good. I was going to apply for my landed immigrant status, and it was all part of the process. It all went forward from there. Is it hard to become a citizen of Canada? Don't know. I'm not one yet. I'm still a. Oh. I'm still a permanent resident. Hmm. I've got to go set a test and answer a few questions on Justin Trudeau, and don't fancy getting involved with any of that. And and my little permanent resident card, other than the kerfuffle at the border this morning, it. Lets me do everything that John does. So. Hmm. How long does it last? Like I know it's oh, permanent. It's, uh, permanent. It's, just... it's permanent. Yeah. I have to renew it every ten years, just like a passport. Oh, okay. So, other than crossing the border into the states. There Could was... they ever just be like complete dicks no. and just when you go to renew, be like? No, I don't think. And like, you've got to follow the criteria. Make sure you're paying your taxes, all that. Kind of thing. Yeah. As long as you've been a good human being. You're not going to get any trouble. You don't yeah. have to pay any more taxes. Being a... no, no. No, he's really treated like a second-rate citizen. Yeah, <laughs> he really is. <laughs> well, in America, they probably would treat you like a second-rate citizen. <laughs> oh, no, they're good. The permanent resident card is just fine. My mum and dad have immigrated since. My brother, they've all got their citizenship. I'm just too lazy to fill out the paperwork. It's do they Do they live by you? <laughs> mum and dad live on my property, yep. Oh, okay. Nice. And what is that? Do they, move, do they move to Vancouver just to be closer to you then? I think so, yep. Yep. Mm. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah, they came in uh, 2009, so 10 years or so after me. And they all lived together. Well, my brother's not. But mum and dad live in the property. My dad cuts the grass, fixes fences, does the driveway, bitches at him for driving too fast. <laughs> mum looks after the kids, does the cooking, does the kids cleaning sometimes. Uh, it is, it is a, an amazing little system. And 
I, I, can, I can't thank them enough for helping me out because yeah, I wouldn't get to do awesome. what I do without their help. Yeah. They, are, they are watching the kids right now, you know. So. Slavery is still alive and well in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> elderly, elderly and child labor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I watch it well. <laughs> watch a good system. Well, how long have you been a slave, John? Yeah, you know child labor probably very well. That was about as much fun as a hand job with a cheese grater. Thanks for that, Ian. No, I uh, I started shoeing horses. Uh, not really shoeing horses, but just pulling and clenching when I was 14 years old. Uh, I was just doing some fencing work, and I thought, hey, dad's got a coffee addiction. I've got an ice cap addiction. Like, let's make this thing work. So... He stopped at Tim Hortons about six days, uh, six times a week, uh, or a day, sorry. Six and, times a day? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And every time you were getting an extra large double-double, and you had to drink it. And uh, so Is that, Tim Hortons, is that like a market? A coffee shop. Okay. Coffee it's shop, like yeah. Starbucks yeah, of America. It's, it's the Canadian, yeah, Starbucks, <laughs> it's, exactly. It's Canadian Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, Dunkin' Donuts, maybe not high class as yeah. Starbucks, so... Oh. So that's how I started, uh, just pulling some, some shoes, and uh, I did a couple of local contests um, until the time I was 17, and then... Um, well, that's, me and you were talking about that earlier, that one of your first, like, not first contests, but like... Yeah, it was the first time I, uh, I ever competed in Division 2, which is our intermediate division, I guess, and you get to shoe a foot, um, not only a foot, two feet in that contest. Uh, oh. So I ran over the clock. I, I didn't finish that year. Um, the the judge was some random guy named Craig Trenka. And uh, my dad <laughs> happened to be holding the horse. And uh, Craig came over and said, you know, good try, little guy. Maybe next time, you know. And, you know, how, how many how many times has your son uh, shod horses? And he goes, oh, one and two. He goes, what do you mean, one and two? Like, is it one or two? He goes, no, no, no. First foot, second foot. So that was the first time. Uh, ran over the clock. Uh, probably did a horrible job. I don't really remember. It didn't bleed though, huh? Hey, it didn't bleed. Yeah, <laughs> so. it didn't, didn't get the nailing. So uh, <laughs> he's the Joker. You know? um, and then, uh, yeah, 20, 2011, I graduated from high school. Um, and uh, so I ended up working for dad, Steve Dixon, uh, three days a week. And then this other guy, Ian Ritchie, two days a week. Um, so that was five days a week that I worked, um, and then I did that for about four years. Um, Tell us about your schooling, John. Yeah, I, uh, I, I didn't, uh, so my parents were so broke that they couldn't afford uh, to help me out with schooling, so I had to pay for it myself, and I just never got the money together, you know. I just You're still had, saving. Yeah, I'm still Good saving, man. yeah. Just, Good. I had other things on my mind, like pot and women, so, <laughs> in that order. Uh, so, so after a couple of bong hoots, I decided, you know what, let's just, let's just send this thing. So, uh, I, yeah, I got a, I got an apprenticeship. Um, I don't know if you want to call it that, but that I worked with those two guys for, uh, six years altogether. Uh, okay. and then I went off on my own. Uh, so I think it's been about six, six years since then. So I guess 12 years altogether since I've been 17, just, uh, shoeing horses and, uh, yeah, back to the slave labor, you know, I think dad paid me 50 bucks a day. I'm pretty sure Ian started me out at 80 bucks a day, which was pretty sweet. Yeah. You know? oh, I yeah. could maybe take two bong hoots a day, <laughs> which was pretty wild. Your dad was paying you all that crazy. coffee, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like Uppers and downers. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> 
yeah <laughs> drink that boy into the ground but, um but yeah that's that's kind of how i got got my start um did they so like was was anything real formal how they taught you or was it very much just like throwing things at you randomly yeah, I think I think it was um, I think just because Ian maybe had his formal apprenticeship in the UK, uh, maybe a little bit more formal than my dad. If anyone knows Steve Dixon, uh, you can well imagine what that was like. You know, that was like a get out there for seven thirty and then feed the horses and then maybe push up some manure and then maybe do a bit of fencing and then maybe go shoe seven or eight and then come home and then you know, feed horses and do all that where, um, I think Ian maybe was a little bit more regimented, which was, it was great because I got both sides of the story. You know, I got mm, yeah. kind of the Steve Dixon side where it was like, you know, I'm a Easy farrier girl. farmer, family man, you know, all that kind of stuff. Whereas Ian was like, show up at seven 30, get the truck all sorted out. Um, we'll be back by five 30. And if we're not, if we're in the, in the, in the shop, at 4:30, you know, you're still mine for an hour. So start cutting some steel, or um, you know, Ian maybe have a dentist appointment. Go, go, go! Make some shoes. You know, go start making a, some draft shoes. Whatever, whatever it may be for the for the week. So it was a, it was definitely a, a juxtaposition for for the the apprenticeship that I served, and I think it really, really kind of helped. I would like to think out. that Steve and I would complement each other in your education. Yeah, 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 yeah. I disagree. <laughs> getting both sides, getting the structure and then the freedom side, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The freedom to the feed freestyle. horses until 9 p.m. at night and walk a colicking horse around until 12, you know, it was... Uh, no. That sounds like my life. It's all over the place. <laughs> Did your dad take on a lot of apprentices? Yeah, yeah. Um, dad used to boast that he taught the most uh, female apprentices in the in the valley. Um, maybe Ian's taken that that thrown over. I'm not quite sure. Um, we shan't go into that. But uh, but yeah, no, he had a he had a lot. I mean, um, yeah, um, not none as good as me. But I mean, <laughs> my brother worked for him, so whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Did he treat all of his apprentices like How shit? You? Yeah, yeah. No, he did. He he really did. Yeah, it doesn't, didn't matter if he came from his testicles or not. You know, he, you had to walk the colicky horse tail. Yeah, 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 yeah. He had uh, Jack Cadle, um, Justin Fountain. I think Jack worked for Ian as well, and I think I think he gave up on Dad because. Uh, Dad was just too hard on him, you know. Jack's Jack's a bit of a soft guy, you know. He's he really is. Yeah, he's a bit of an Oreo, you know, hard on the outside, but white on the inside. <laughs> That's his new nickname, Oreo. <laughs> Oreo boy. Yeah. 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 Oh man. <laughs> But no, no, dad was, uh, yeah, dad was uh, true and through, just a dickhead, the same dickhead to everyone, everyone that walked through the door, whether you were, didn't matter of your gender, creed, age, anything, he didn't discriminate, he was just a pure asshole, but it was, it was awesome working for him, and it was really an honor, you know, and, and uh, to say that I don't use his name like a weapon sometimes when <laughs> I'm out at uh, contests would be a lie, because, you know, you just drop the Stevie D name, and, and, and people are, oh my god, you know. Steve's your dad, you know, he, you know, and they just, they just have all these awesome stories about, you know, dad just 
going out awry and everybody's got a Steve Dixon story yeah you yeah. had one earlier yeah <laughs> everybody has one I've got, I've got dozens I've got hundreds but you guys have at least <laughs> got one Steve Steve Judge is kind of cool too is that your dad judged the first time I went to Classic and wow. so he was yeah. he was the judge and we were all sitting around the hotel and he came walking up with his Dixon cider and <laughs> shirt on and Brian asked him is like is that a real company and he's like <laughs> He's like, well, yeah. Have you heard? Once that dicks inside us, yeah, didn't have anything else. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like sounds about right. You got you got a great one right off the top of your head. Oh no, too many to share. Too many to share. Uh, Steve Dixon stories. Yeah. Uh, but anyone that got to meet the guy, hang out with the guy, work with him, compete with him, drive with him, I've driven to Calgary with him a bunch. I've driven to Walla Walla with him a bunch. Mm-hmm. Some of the stories, I mean, I'm sure somebody's going to write a book on the guy at one point. Some of the stories and the laughs were, oh, yeah. were incredible. Yeah, I can't say that I've ever met him before. Oh, all right. So uh, Too bad. For me, he, he made it fun. He made, uh, coming from Scotland, and I'm not saying they're, 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 they're a, na- a nation of no fun guys, but I was <laughs> definitely on the outskirts looking in uh, in Scotland. But you come here or come to Canada and you, you hang out with Steve and it was like, oh, you he would open doors all the time, you know, or open doors for you, just with his laughs and his jokes and his goofy feet. And he, uh, it was, it was cool. It, it was one of the, he, he made it fun, and, and that was one of the reasons that I thought, yes, this is this is a corner that could suit me just fine. Yeah, but to ask great. me one story, there are just so many. It's cra- crazy, crazy to think that you found a home that quickly in another c- corner of the world. Yeah, yeah. You, 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 the first day we went working together. One day I went to hang out with him. I wasn't really working. Uh, we're just driving down some little lane. Radio's blaring. Nothing much was getting said. And we're passing a little farm. And I, <clears throat> I said, oh, that's a cool little looking little place over there. And he rams his brakes on. He just does a little broadside. <laughs> and he says, you know, shit. He says, that's where we're supposed to be going. But ah, you know what? It's lunchtime. And he tapped a clock. Let's just go for lunch at the pub. And I thought, whoa, lunch in the pub? <laughs> on a Tuesday after this is this is amazing. This right. is a, this is not the kind of thing you do in the UK where you get up at seven thirty. You just go hard till six thirty at night and you're finished. You know, we're going to go to the pub for lunch and chill out. And yeah, take the West Coast pace. It was, it was brilliant. And it was another thing. I thought, yes, this is, this is great good for me. But <laughs> now, do you run your day like that now? No, no, we don't. No, that's what got me here. But fuck that. We're over with that stuff. Mortgage this size? Oh no, 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 no. I like to go hard. I like to. We, we're out the driveway at eight o'clock. We're home by no later than five thirty-six. We bring our lunch. We don't do. We don't do pub lunches or. We might yeah. stop. Well, we will stop at the coffee shop one once a day, and that is it. We'll just go pretty consistent the whole time. Consistency is for me is key. We're doing our seven or eight every day. Not. Do you always carry an apprentice with you? I try to. Yeah. Yeah. Seven yeah. days a w- or five days a week. Five or? days a week. Yeah. Mm. Uh, lots of female apprentices up where we are. <laughs> I was asking Trent. Was it Trent? Trey. Trey. I was asking Trey earlier on how many females were in his class and. There's definitely more in the the school in, in Langley. I think there's 11 students, one guy, 10 girls. Wow. That's Whoa. crazy, you know? Yeah. Don't ask me the percentage rate of them moving on. You know, if they're still in the industry in five mm-hmm. years, I don't have those numbers. I, I just wonder why. Is I was going to say, when you're, when you've been talking to them, do they tell you why 
Like we had when I first it, moved here. Like, when or, I first moved here, there was a, a lady that ran the school, Cindy Elstrom, an amazing, strong, strong lady. Was she around long enough to influence these these new ones coming through? No. She passed away uh, twenty years ago. Jeez. Uh, so probably she was not. She's not the one that's influencing the current crop now. Uh, is it? The fact that we've got soft feet up here in the northwest or the west coast yeah. is the fact we've got we've got a uh, soft feet. I don't know, but there's definitely lots. Last year the ratio for the school was the same: one guy, nine or ten girls. It's interesting. Crazy. No, yeah, it seems like I and I, I don't talk to enough people in the UK to see. It. I wonder if they're seeing the same thing because they have pretty wet feet there as well too, right? Yeah. When I went through college, there was one girl. Really? Yeah. Opposite way around then. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's the ratio is in west of Canada. It's not ten and then one, but uh, I'm sure there's more girls coming through. Yeah, well, I think it's a thing of like all trades. Like girls are getting into more trades well, all the time. I was talking to a gal there at the Winter Clinic, and she was at the Heartland School, and she said over half the class was females this last. Well, I had an, I had an electrician too. come out there, they did, like, and like they it would have been in a girl. Oh, really? Yeah. It's like, no, they have anything wrong with it, but it's like first time we're at a girl electrician. Maybe, Maybe it's a good thing, you know? Yeah. I, uh, Brian's, over, Brian's over there laughing. He's busting a gut over there laughing because I've had... Because he's Steve a misogynist. Had, have, Steve had a lot of female apprentices. I've had a lot. Uh, Yours are all Instagram models. <laughs> he's so full of it. You got the hotties, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> here, here, Brian, have a, have a shot of these. Have a shot of these, Brian. Um, I get on with them. Uh, uh, they get on great in the truck. I think they finish. Did this? You would think. Do they have the longevity? Who knows? I, again, I don't have the. I don't have the numbers to 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 back that up. Do they stay in the industry as long as some of the the guys? Again, who knows? I don't know. You yeah. don't see them around as much. But I, that's not for me to say if they're if they're in the industry as long. Do you try to? bring your apprentices up through a competition and go to contests or yeah so I, I do I obviously don't do it properly because none of mine seem to they might do it they might stick their toe in the water and that is it they don't seem to stick at it I've only ever had one since I've been here I've been here 20 odd years I've only had one apprentice that's gone on to compete how many apprentices John? Do, you, do you have a guess how many you've had let's say 12 okay 12 mm -hmm. um, pretty good guess what about Jack Cadle? Jack, Jack was probably the first one. Yeah, he was a. Uh, yeah, Jack, Jack was the first one. He came. He went to the Olds program in Alberta in Calgary, uh, and their program. I don't know. They did. I think they did the same amount of time at college. It was a whole year at college, but they took three months out in the summer and then got farmed out. And he wanted to come to British Columbia to the West Coast. And he didn't tell anyone this, but his girlfriend had come to the British Columbia to the West Coast, so he just wanted to follow her out. Mm -hmm. And he, he ended up on my doorstep, and him and I got on great. He was a rodeo rider, you know, bull rider, mm -hmm. tough guy, you know. <laughs> he, was, he had lots of laughs. We, we had lots of giggles. And uh, he showed up one, my, one morning at my place, and uh, I, could, I could hear something going on. There was a bit of a ruckus outside, you know, and he's, I look over the fence, and there he is kicking his truck. He was mad. He was madder than a wet hen. <laughs> his truck and I'm like Jack what's going on over there he says oh he says I was just on the way here and I stopped at the gas station and I'm like yep he says well when I was leaving the gas station he's saying he's now he's laughing when I'm when I'm leaving the gas station I saw some of these gas caps so I run the damn thing over 
And what's the problem? He says, well, I just got here and I realised that was mine. <laughs> <laughs> on his own gas gas. So Jack was full of laughs. He was, he was a good guy. He was a good worker. And then uh, he kind of went off and did his own thing for a while and come back and we're, we're pretty good pals. And he's still got lots of... You say Kettle, you mean, is it Kettle? Yeah. Jack Kettle? Okay. Yeah. I think, yeah, he, I know, I think, he's, I think he's pronouncing yeah, that. Yeah, it's actually pronounced Kettle, but I think everyone called him Kettle because he was drinking Kettle vodka the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Well... I know Jack. <laughs> so uh, I, I think Jack was one of my first uh, back in 2003, and there's been a whole bunch of others come through. Uh, and do I try and encourage them to do the competition? Absolutely. But I look at my good pal James Finler, who's had way more success at that than I have. He's had a bunch of he's had a bunch of apprentices go on and be in the Canadian team. Uh, one of his girls even went on. She was in the Canadian team, and she got her AW. I'm not quite sure what he. Does he threaten them? Does he blackmail them? Does he pay them more money? I've got no idea what he does to inspire them to go that route. But Do they have scheduled time they have to practice? With me, no. Do they with James? Well, I, I say, don't think yeah, so. I don't think so. Maybe. I'm not sure. Hmm. I really, I, I need to sit down with him. I need to go golfing with him and just pick his brain. How do you do it? Because... I've tried and you've tried. You don't get yours in the shop either, do you? I don't pick his brain for golf. He sucks. Well, <laughs> he's really... Uh, he's, that's, that's another story. Uh, <laughs> but you've tried with your friends. They, they don't come in the shop? No. You don't have a shop. I've got no. a shop. It's yeah. pretty... Yeah, it's, as, it's as good as Brian's. It's about five times the size, actually. <laughs> Finler's got the shop. It's pretty rough and ready. And yet they still want to... I don't know what he tells them or what he does for them, but he seems to inspire them. And that is one thing I need to work on. I need to figure that out. Do I have them listen to podcasts? Do I have them just show up? You at should the... definitely have them listen to the podcast, subscribe, and, re- and leave a five star review. Right, five star review. All <laughs> yeah. right, well, that'll be the first thing on Mondays. What Monday podcast will... is that, Riley? Forging Brains Podcast. Oh, Forging Brains Podcast. <laughs> we will do that. Exactly. That will help them on their way. All right, sure. that, that's guaranteed in. Yeah. Guaranteed success. Uh-huh. But no, I think it's like a, it is a thing that, like, uh, that someone would be is good at because like you take a guy like Jim Poor, Jim's never had an apprentice that didn't make the AFT. You really? Know, so yeah, he's, every apprentice he's had has been wow. on the yeah. team. That's amazing. So it is. A, it must be something they do in their. There has to be something in their teaching. Because I've tried. Not really tried. It's not really a, a necessity. When they, but I give them every opportunity to help them to provide a shop at the beautiful Anvil. I've got the best music system. Abba I'm, all I mean, day. Abba, if they want to listen to Abba, they just come to my shop. Um, uh, and I obviously don't inspire them or steer them the right way. And it's, it, it doesn't bug me, but I'm going to try and work on it. Uh, there's definitely some guys out there. I don't know if... I know, let's, let's not go that road. I, I know a couple of guys that are very inspiring. We've got one of them coming up our neck of the woods in November. Mr. Chad Chance. Yeah. Have you yeah. ever heard him speak? Yes. yes. Uh, if, if so, I'm going to make sure my, my people, the, the two girls I've got right now, they, they have got to be front and centre to listen to Chad Chance. And if he doesn't inspire them, if he can't get through to them, then oh. they're in the wrong game, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and maybe, like, does it seem like maybe some of your apprentices are, are like, especially the girls, like they're in it for the money? Uh, not really. I'm thinking about the one I've got just now. She's a great gal. She's, yeah, but they can't wait to get home at five thirty-six, getting them start their own truck and out the driveway. Ah, you know, yeah. 
That is hard. That is, I don't quite is... know. I'm I'm still still a bit of a mystery. What's why that is? Yeah. yeah. Even uh, are you are you not competing as much as you used to then? Kind of like currently, or are you still going to as many contests as you have been in the past? Hey, I think I'm going to do a few this year. Yeah, I've got a few lined up coming no, he, up this year. He's semi retarded. Re- retired. <laughs> <laughs> semi retired. Honestly, you guys. He knows because he's at the same. You've got to pick and choose your battles. You've yeah. got to choose which ones you go to now. You can't just go to them all and be a watered down version of your best self. You've got to really pick and choose your battles. So I've picked a few already this year. We've, yeah. we've got our own nationals coming up in June. We've got a couple of team events in between or a team event in between and then one probably just after. So that's as far as I'm looking right now. I guess I was just kind of wondering along the lines like when you are, when you are getting ready for contests, like, what is your practice regimen like and how do you go through like to figure out new shoes, things like that? I've been at it long enough. Uh, if I've got a really tricky shoe, I need some help. I, I know all the right people to call, to speak to, the videos, the photographs. They can help me out as best they can. But the easy stuff like that thing, John just knocked out. Uh, the, I, I like to work in the morning, do the early morning thing and maybe go late and get the kids put to bed. Go back at 8 o'clock and have another little crack and see if we can do. But I'm not a massive practicer. I've never been the guy that's made bucket loads and bucket loads of shoes. Uh, which is why my forging is just not where it maybe should be or never has been. The shoeing, the shoeing was always a bit better. But uh, I reckon I always struggle with the, the forging more than most. Yeah. Yeah, but how, so how many times have you been on the Canadian team? Four. Yeah, so I'll see you forging. Yeah, you don't get there just too much. by not making. <laughs> all right, with all due respect to the Canadians, yeah. uh, it's not as hard to get on the. Uh, can I say that? Yeah. It's not as hard yeah. to get on the Canadian team. <laughs> can I say this? It's easy. Oh, it's, it's, okay. not, it's not as hard to get on the Canadian team. Some years you just. Uh, Show up. Yeah. We, we had a Nationals a bunch of years ago. Uh, you tick the box if you want to be in the team. You know, you go down through the list, you find all the. I think there was only five boxes ticked. So the guy that was in 20th was the alternate. It's not, it's oh. not, it's not the, we don't have the depth. There's no shame and embarrassment. I'm not disrespectful to Canadian fighters. We just don't have the depth that the Americans do, the English do. I'm not even sure which countries have the massive amount of depth. The do Scottish you, don't, the Irish don't, the Welsh don't. Is it easier then to kind of get like a group of buddies to all? We've like, done that. We've done it. Yeah. Uh, again, longer than the tooth. If I'm going to invest my summer and think about going to Stonely, yeah, I've got to do it with the people that I think. This is no secret. Yeah, I've got to do it with the people that I think can make an impact. I, unfortunately, my my best guy just moved to Texas last year, so I, I don't know if we'll, we'll get him back again. So he's stuck with me. So I'm stuck with John. <laughs> <laughs> stuck with John. Texas. Matt Finler. Oh, Matt oh, Finler. He he's, he's, he was a he was a, a he was. Did the, he move to Texas? I had no yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he moved to Pilot Point. So he is a wow. he was a good point getter at Stonely or the classic. He would get you some serious points. And so will John and so will Justin and so will Jack. Uh, and there's a whole there's, there are others out there. We have got Aaron. Oh, I mean we we can go on. There's some real yeah. good point getters in, in, in Canada. Don't don't get me wrong. Yeah, Aaron. But I just Matt the year on classic, he got best shot foot. Yeah. yeah. Matt was half an hour from me, so we could practice a lot, you know. It was good. And I remember talking to Matt before, and he said he didn't apprentice with his dad too much, or like work with him too much when he was younger. But did he work with his dad when he was older? Then 
Like yes, dude. yeah, yeah. He went through uh, Heartland, and then uh, and then I think he probably worked with James for four years, something like that. And uh, as Ian said, he's a point getter, so he's just he's just unfortunately he's just naturally talented. He's the, super high, the prick. Dude. Yeah. And he's doing this super nice to me. No, he's a dickhead. Handy. Yeah, he's, he's he's honestly yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I think he just again like Ian said, he just he worked with James and James produces some pretty good talent. Uh, I don't know what he does, but uh, you don't have any idea. No, like he's he's not talented himself, James. So like <laughs> James is talent. I really don't. I really don't know. Like, James is talented. Have I you guess, been? Have you been on a team with James? I've been on a team. Um, we didn't go to Stone Lake together because he broke. He fell out a cherry tree the. Ten years ago, oh, and he oh, fell at the cherry tree the week before we were going. So harsh. he, uh, so he never made it that year. Uh, we beat the classic a bunch. Uh, yeah, we've done a. I even survived a weekend in Las Vegas with James Finlay, mm. and I've got the t-shirt. Um, <laughs> I've got the t-shirt. Yeah, uh, uh, James is a massive influence in my competition. But every day shooting, his I know he gets. He doesn't get. He does. Uh, he does some amazing shooting. Everyday shooting. His competition stuff was, when I was trying to climb that ladder, trying, I was at the bottom trying for ages, trying to get up. And he, he was there, he was doing, he was consistently top 10 in Calgary. So anyone that can do that is... Yeah, you're handy. Oh, you've got to tip your hat to that guy, you know. Mm -hmm. That's great. He's been top 10, I think, four times. Yeah. Three yeah. or four times, for sure. Hall of Famer. You've gotten to compete at Calgary a number of times too, haven't you? Yep, yep. How many years did you get to do that? Uh, yeah, 12. 12 times. 2002 all the way through to 14. Never missed a year for when I started to the last one. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, those guys that have all been, uh, it's a journey. You've got to start early in the year. You've got to commit. At the start, I didn't commit enough. Uh, I didn't figure it out. I'm not quite sure I ever figured it out, but uh, it definitely got better as it went on. Uh, but uh, that was the pinnacle of the competition calendar. Without a doubt, until Would you it finished in 2014. Consider like one of your favorites then, to like compete and go towards. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, uh, favorites, pinnacle, the where the best, the best were. You betcha. That was that was the one. Mm -hmm. No, nothing even came close, in my book. Yeah, it seemed like it was so international. Like like a lot of people came, you know. Where it's like a lot of ours, it's just a lot of Americans, or like some kind of, you know. Whereas like it seemed like Calgary. Everybody oh yeah, came. you've seen the pictures of the the on the on the last night, the, the Sunday night they did the parade of champions. It was a parade of champions of the, the champions of each nationality. So the the high point from Australia being A, all the way through the alphabet, uh, there was sometimes 16, 18, I don't know numbers, sixteen, eighteen guys on there That's from crazy. Norway, France, Scotland, England, Wales. Belgium, the Canadian, well, Canadians always went last. They were the home team guys, so they were always announced last. The Americans, uh, there was a whole bunch. It was, it was amazing. They got to carry their own flag onto the, or they had one of the little Calgary Stampede, little cowgirls would carry your national flag onto the stage for you, mm -hmm. and you'd get the big cheer from the 30,000 people watching. It was cool. Yeah, it'd it be cool. cool. That'd be awesome. cool. Yeah. And it sounds like you, you just loved learning from your dad so much. Like, did you learn a lot of your comp competition stuff from your dad or then from Ian? 
No, um, yeah, I would say uh, not to. Yeah, I'm, not to, I'm all ears. This guy, guy's <laughs> pillow, but I definitely, again, Ian was a little bit more regimented, um, structured, structured. Uh, so I definitely learned competition style from Ian. Um, again, when I was apprenticing with him, he was just climbing up from the bottom ranks into the top ranks. So it was really good to to follow up with uh, with Ian, um, and then everyday stuff like dad was wild you know like i remember one day we were shooing away and and we didn't have any shoes on the racks and we had a bunch of bar stock of concave and we had five more to shoe and and dad said okay well we got two to shoe so you boys shoe those horses and i'll i'll make a bunch of shoes for the next five horses yeah and i said oh yeah okay okay old man you know <laughs> and uh he said no no, no I'll, I'll eagle eye every one of them and so he made he made five sets of shoes while we were while we were shoeing the the two horses and uh, lo and behold I think he had to knock in a couple of quarters here and there and that was about it you know he didn't he didn't shape he didn't he didn't heat heat up the shoes he just cold shod them Jeez. just to just to prove a point yeah. you know so <laughs> as far as uh, everyday shoer um, and fast like dad was dad was wicked fast you know he would he would trim the horse and you know, do a, do a nipper pass and not rasp the foot and drop the foot and just walk over with a hot shoe and just burn it on and then throw it in the water bucket without rasping and just nail it on, you know, just hammer finish. Um, it's something that I've definitely tried to emulate. You know, he just had a different way of looking at, at the world, but also yeah. just horseshoeing. Um, and, uh, and I've, I've tried to grasp at the straws of what that man actually did in his, in his career and his lifetime. But, uh, but he was just, he was just, cut from a different cloth, you know? Um, he had, the, if I can just jump in, he had this technique that you've maybe met one or two other people on your travels that, that have this quality. And I only, I, I look at this quality thinking, man, that's cool, because I'm at the other end of the spectrum. If I need to make a, I said I didn't practice much, but I, I'm, the, I'm the type that has to make six shoes before I figure that thing out. That, yeah, whichever, if it's a, some sort of complicated shoe, I need to make six, seven, eight of them before I've got to figure out Steve Dixon come along, take a little look, a little shake of the head, scratch of the, the, the melon, and then he would go and he'd be able to, he'd be able to, the first one, what I'm trying to say, the first one was as good as his 12th one. If he was to make 12, the first one would still be his, the best one. He didn't have to practice, practice, practice. He could figure it out on the back of a napkin as he's, as he's done a bunch of times. Go do it and the first one would be better than the 12th. He yeah. had that, that quality, whereas that was not me. I need to go figure him out, practice, practice, practice. And then try, try to produce. get better, yeah. One one uh, story that stands out for me is I think one year in in uh, Calgary he uh, I think they had to make like a diamond toe shoe or something mm -hmm. and so it, it was sitting on the on the shop wall for a, a long time and he he made three quarters of the shoe so he made the diamond toe he made the toe part and then he made the heel and turned the branch and then he didn't even fuller it and, uh, and he drew it out he, he, he just, drew it he drew out. it out and then that was about it he didn't fuller it he didn't finish it off and he and I was like what the heck you know like I, I was looking at the shoe years later after calgary this was a calgary shoe yeah and uh i was like what the heck you didn't you never finish off the shoe man like you you should make piles of these things he goes well i know how to fuller i know how to make an inside heel i know how to turn a branch so i got my measurements right and that was it and i think he was i i think he finished first place in the in the in the diamond toe that year and just made a three-quarter not not fullered not finished off nothing just okay yeah i got this done move on you know and uh that 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 story has always stuck with me because that's not the way i operate but uh um i think years later 
uh, I ended up finishing off that shoe and, and we had a big old competition online. And, uh, I think, I think there was probably 30 odd entries into that thing. Mm. And oh yeah. I believe I saw that little forge yeah. wars. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Grant moon, Stephen Bean, David Verini, uh, just the who's who of people just, that. just entered up, you know, and yeah. And there's dad just, just judging, judging shoes, you know, and it was just cool for, I think Ian and I as well, just to bounce things off of him, what he saw, you know, it was just, uh, yeah, it was a cool. No, that's a sweet, it's like, it's not, not like said, there's not very many people that can just like finish that off in their head of like, I don't need to follow it. I, the follower is going to go the same. <laughs> yeah, and be every good at it. Time. It's such like a, a base. I, I, I it's don't a quality, think like, I, yeah. few people have got it. Yeah. This guy doesn't. And I, yeah, I and he sure was, he was, that. he was a team player as well. Like, uh, like talking to him and stuff. And you know, the same thing with Matt Finler, unfortunately, and, and me, you know, like Matt's just, just more talented than I am, you know? And, uh, and, and talking to dad, it was the same thing with him and James Finler, you know? And, and he would say again, like Ian said, my first shoe is just as good as my 12th shoe. So dad would just bust out whatever he had and then try and give, James the the time that he needed to gather up the points get the nine fives that he needed to to yeah. help the team and and that always stuck with me that he was a team player like all the way through you know he was he was in it for the team and if he needed to sacrifice himself to to make you know or to give more time not make James great because he was already great but you know it's it, it was just a let him do his thing though yeah it was like, a real huge. cool learning experience for me to be like oh, okay like a team can work many different ways, you know? Yeah. You hear guys like we've, we've interviewed a bunch of good teams now. It's not a bunch, but like, you know, teams like the current AFT with money and Tom P and stuff like that. And they yeah. talk about that. They're like, well, this guy, you know, he's always going to get the same amount of points. No matter if you give him 20 extra minutes or not, he's like, that's his point. So we just know we rush him and get him out of the way. And so yep. the other guy that's going to build points up with that little bit extra time, like, he gets that extra time. It's a big thing. That's so you've you've been on multiple teams and like yeah, you've been on the uh, Canadian team too as well, right? Yeah, twice. Yeah. Yeah. You checked the box, huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've checked the box three times. Um, unfortunately, 2018, my striker, aka Ian Ritchie, let me down. He uh, uh -oh. let me fuller my uh, bar shoe like a. 1800s bar shoes so uh <laughs> <I'm> just, uh, <laughs> yeah yeah like, that uh, looks pretty fine but i'm gonna keep going here i said fine. i said what does it look like he said fine i said fucking let's end it then. <laughs> <laughs> apparently apparently jake angler didn't think the same way so yeah. uh, i missed the team in 2018 i thought it was fine as well oh yeah it was, <laughs> it was just the accent. not okay yeah yeah <laughs> he didn't understand the accent okay yeah okay um, but no, yeah, check the box, uh, three times, uh, 2017. Um, I like to rub this in Justin's face. I was team captain. That was the first year I tried out. I made team captain. Um, and it was only because this guy over here, Ian didn't, uh, didn't check the box. Um, and also cause Josh Stanley and Ben Mangan aren't Canadians, you know? So, uh, I was, uh, I was first place, fourth runner up baby. <laughs> Eat it, Justin and Jack. Uh, a win. And a win. Sarah Vanderpool. A win's a win. <laughs> but no, I've had I've had just so much fun, just so much learning experience. And uh, as far as competitions go, I think I think the team events are where you learn the most just because you trim it and you get 
three of the other guys' opinions. You you make oh, your yeah. shoe, you get three other opinions, and, and then you go to the contest, and then you get all the judges' opinions on top of your teammates' opinions, and you just go home, and you think, wow, I fucking suck. Yeah, well, it's, it's hard. It's just like you're like, I haven't found the middle of the road yet. Like, that's what I feel like sometimes. I'm just bouncing from, like, experience. Like, and, like, the middle of the road is kind of, like, it seems like, that's the scoring place is the middle of the road. The easiest place to yeah. like yeah. go anywhere and do okay. Like is and you've done well at many places. Like what do you try to emulate the judge what they're gonna want or do you try to just aim for what you think's good or what? Like when you're you're going and you're trying to fine tune. Oof. That's a tough one. Um last competition I did was our local contest up in uh, British Columbia last October. Yep. And uh, I've uh, Jim Quick was our judge. He's a, he's a great judge. He's judged me before. I've competed with him on teams at Calgary and stuff. Uh, I'd like to think he will definitely disagree, but I like to think that him and I think along the same line. So I kind of knew. No one thinks like Jim Quick. Oh, <laughs> the guy. He's on his own level. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think him and I, we've got an understanding when it comes to competitions. He has the same qualities. He doesn't, he, a bunch of hammer finish shoes, didn't like the polishing. No. Just basics, fit that thing, don't rasp it to fit, all that kind of stuff. All this silly basic things. So I, I, I knew... I, okay, now you like fine-tune it as far as combat. I thought you meant like in general life. I was like, I don't, I don't know. I've met both of you guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'll, 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 different. <laughs> come on, Jim. We, love, we all love you, but I, I don't think I think the same on the same lines as Jim either. But when it comes to competitions, I think him and yeah. I have got an understanding. And that's not the reason I competed, but I knew, oh, competing, yes. It won't take too much thinking outside the box to, if I do my best, I knew Jim would be happy enough with it, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I didn't want to emulate a judge, but I kinda, I've held horses for him when he's been competing. Uh, we've been partners at WCBs. We've been on a team at Calgary together. So I, I know a few of these little, not little things, but I just know how he thinks and how he operates. And yeah. I'm not that far from him. So I hate to say it, but I'm not that, I don't think that much differently from him. Yeah. Uh, and you would be on the same page at some point. So I was quite uh, keen to practice, work out some kinks, and then give it a shot, and it, and it, and it panned out that, that time. Um, before that, we'd been in, or was it just after that, Scotland? Was that the last one? Yeah. Two judges I, I knew well again. Um, it was a team event. Uh, yeah. Uh, do a try no I didn't, to answer that question I didn't try and emulate both of them how can you emulate two how can you aim for yeah, two how can you please yeah. them both you can't but as a team we knew uh, the direction we want to go so I just knew what was needing done um, yeah you, you read between the lines trying to make a team happy like yeah we talked earlier on about you know a certain someone likes his nail lying intentional you know so we try and do that there's definitely things along the over the years that you know they like uh and you just try and stick to that. You, you work out that plan in your practice. Yeah, it's, it's, it, that, that's what I think the hardest is when it's two more than one judge. Is like that, that's where it's super hard. <clears throat> like I, I have a hard time for it. It's like you have the one judge, it seems like you can get a, like a general base, but it's like the multiple judges, at least with on the team thing, I think it's easier, but it's like. Craig you, did one. Yeah. I don't think these guys were around. 
WCB, it was a season three, the finale. It was January 2010. It was in Denver, Colorado. Five judges. Five? Oh, jeez. Yep. A yep. team of it or individual? Well, individual. It was the season. Okay. It was the, the last one of the year. It was the, it was the 2009 season, but it just had to be in January. It was at the Colorado Winter Fair or something. It was icy. It was the first time I met Chad Chance with his camera, uh, and there was five judges. Uh, Do you remember who the judges uh, were? Yeah. I just remember Bob Pethick <clears throat> never showed up. Jim Keith. Uh, probably Bill, uh, Jim Poor, probably Shane, Roy Bloom. Roy Bloom, and then I think Craig had to step in as number five. Was that were you there? Yeah. Oh, there you go. Was it hectic, like with that many? Judges? It was. Uh, I made the shoe in. Made the shoe in. I won the bucket in the shoe in, but uh, I'd actually gone to burn my little shoe on before Shane had been able to judge my trim, and he caught me just as I'm going for the first. I'm, I'm taking the hot shoe. And I can feel the hand on my shoulder. So I stopped, stepped away. He judged the trim. So it was hectic. It was just hectic to keep a track of. You had to threaten your horse holder to make sure things were done, mm-hmm. you know? So, I, I, but five judges, that was never heard of, you know? It's cool. Yeah. was it for the judges? Of how, do you remember how they went about? It was, it, was before the the, it was before the trailer. It was the tent stations <clears throat> yep. under the tent. It was an amazing event. It was really cold. It was icy in the ground. We were all slipping and sliding everywhere. I, I'm sure they had a, a torrid time, but I couldn't really pay attention to what they were dealing with. I had to pay attention to what I was dealing with. And it was, a, it was a hell of a deal. But that was one, obviously, that's an obvious one. You don't try and appease Roy Bloom or yeah. you just got to appease your, do your own thing, you know. And Just strive for the basics at that point. Yeah, it was a little three-quarter fuller shoe in the foot with a little heel cut. And then you had to make a, a the old slider for was, a specimen shoe. Was there a lot of competitors there? Because like, you know, nowadays they'll have like almost a hundred competitors. Yeah, there wasn't a like, hundred. Uh, no, there was a fair chunk though. There was a good sixty. Yeah. It was a good. That was a good it's event. Still quite a bit. That was that was a, an amazing event. I with the five judges. A, and even with the five judges, they couldn't pick. That was the first season of the match play. They couldn't even pick a match play winner. I think <laughs> that's what I'm kind of I wondering. Think, yeah. I think Travis and Dusty had to replay and then replay once more. I think they went three times because nobody could pick a winner. Bizarre. I think Dusty eventually got them, and yeah, it was it was a it was an amazing event. <laughs> like, some not like some hard-headed judges on there. Not like real hard, but the judges are like, no, this is what I'm. And, and this was in this the, is what I see. There had only been two, maybe three. This was probably the third match play. And uh, it was all new to everybody. But uh, there they were. It was definitely Travis, definitely Dusty, and they went head to head. I think they had to go three times because they could not split the winner. Oh, <laughs> eventually they all arm wrestled and, and Dusty took it. So it was good. Yeah. It was brilliant. <laughs> really? Is that how it ended? No. No. Oh, I was say. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think there was one that ended like that. In an arm wrestle? Dude, I think there was something no. that arm wrestle is Jack Cattle. Uh, <laughs> I think my mum could arm wrestle Jack Kettle. Like, <laughs> Jack in the middle of all these people arm wrestling for somebody. Like he was a stand in. I don't know. Maybe that was just like a bar thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't know. Sure. Jack's <laughs> winning nine out of ten times because that guy masturbates, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I shared a, shared a hotel room with him and holy. <laughs> Use some lube, Jack. Goodness. <laughs> 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 
Note to self. <laughs> Note to self. Turn on the shower or something. Oh. I don't want to hear that thing slapping around. <laughs> no, Jack, I'm not going to room with you. <laughs> so that's why Jack slept in the bedroom in the middle of the field. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's all clear now, isn't it? <laughs> That's why they call him Five Second Jack. <laughs> it's not his bull riding skills. It's not his bull riding. <laughs> Poor Jack. Man, sorry, Jack. <laughs> it's the Jack Kettle Roast, isn't it? We're going to let him have it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pretty easy. All 10 Canadian horseshoers are going to tune into this. <laughs> <laughs> You guys have a pretty strong association up there, though, don't you? In Canada, we have a we do not have a national association. Okay. We have a we have our Western Canadian Fire Association, which has four provinces: Manitoba, Saskatchewan, Alberta, British Columbia. It's a massive piece of land. Then you've got your Ontario Association, your Quebec Association, and there might even be a is it still Maritimes? Yeah. There's still a Maritimes Association. Okay. So we're all split. We're all. We're getting closer and closer together. The lines of communication are being opened, but it's it's a big old chunk of land to. So who do they decide who's how the team's going to get shot? Like which which association gets to choose the team? It's just a there's nothing written in stone. It's just a verbal agreement that the Ontario guys, the Quebec guys, the WCFA will swap every two years. They'll swap around the, where the contest is going to be held. Okay. Mm. Uh, there is a Canadian Competitive Farrier Society. Uh, we have a guy that kind of is in charge of that, and we have a Canadian team manager, which is yours truly. Oh, okay, nice. That's so you get to go back with the guys to Stonely now. I <clears throat> we were there last October for the Clydesdale shoeing thing. Yep. Which was the, the the first weekend, and I actually came home, did three days work, and then went back to Stonely just to watch the team, whereas the team competed in Aberdeen, stuck around, practiced, and then went to Stonely. They didn't get a chance to come home, but I did. I, I just went back to keep an eye on them. They were, they're all big boys and girls. They were able to look after themselves. A new team, maybe they needed more hand holding, babysitting. I don't know. Uh, it was a massive learning curve for every one of them. Um, they're going to go to the classic. Do you, do and I'm you not meet sure up with them for their practices? We did at the start of the summer, middle of the summer. Uh, since they come back from Stoneley, I've not seen them. Hmm. Oh. We keep in touch, we keep in contact, we're yeah. helping them with sponsorship stuff. Um, maybe, looking at hindsight, they maybe should have come to the coast and had a little bit of help from this guy hmm. or me or James or whoever was out there, there's a whole crowd of us, but they've, they've had a busy schedule, they've just not had it enough time to put us into their schedule, so they've, they've done it, they've been busy, they've been, that's the one thing, they've been very busy, they've, I tip my hat to them. They've done a bunch of practicing. Yeah, that's what they were saying. I think they were saying every other week. Ah, uh, they've they've been together. They've been together. Yeah, they the team was picked late. It's a new team. It's a rookie team. They just had to hit the ground running. They had to fast track to get to where they are right now. So uh, they've 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 been up against it. They've had a tough go and they've dealt with it. Their effort level has been head on. Absolutely brilliant. But so there has to be some like waves. Stonely in the rankings and that is like is that hard sometimes waves in the rankings what does that yeah, mean yeah like so like when I went to Stonely with you guys when I was on the WCB Cat 2 team you guys placed I, I think 
forward or so. Sure. That, yeah, because that's pretty, pretty good. Yeah, right? yeah, that seems to be our little pigeonhole fourth or fifth, you know, fourth, you know. Uh, what did they rank at this, the, this last one? Uh, they were further down. Yeah, so it has to be a little bit like, <clears throat> is it just kind of like it is what it is? Or do you think they have a hard time with it and want to uphold, you know, what the other teams have done before them? I think they know they they knew going that they were a young uh, team. Yeah. I don't think they were expecting to do. They weren't going to take the the the, the world by storm. Also, I threw a curveball at them by suggesting that they do the world Clydesdale horseshoe and competition the weekend before. So that just added more practice, more it now diluted the, the practicing for the Stoney event. So. Maybe that was my fault, <clears throat> but that definitely kept them busy. Maybe they didn't give them enough time to concentrate on Stonely. There was definitely a for you guys that have been to Stonely, the picking the shoes, picking the judges' shoes, which shoe your which side of the horse you're shoeing. There's definitely a, a system uh, that was all miscommunicated, that was not set out in stone for them clearly at the start. So they kind of got a bit mixed up on that, and that definitely set them back a little bit. Uh, but. Yeah, they were further down the, the, the ladder than previous years, but uh, they still did an amazing job yeah. preparing for it, uh, and they'll only be better in the next couple of years for sure. No, they seem like they're all go-getters. Like, they're all nice people, too, so it's like... Yeah. They'll do good. Oh, yeah, I mean, nice people aside, yeah. their, their effort level is being first class. Yeah. Kim's nice, anyways. I don't know. The Kim's amazing. I don't know. The other four... Riley's a bit of a dick. <laughs> all, all Rileys are. But it's <laughs> kind of enough Rileys. It's just what we do. <laughs> <laughs> Something in the name. Yeah. We're just all fucked. It's French for <laughs> cocksucker. Yeah. Like, it, it's, it's, it's a multiple year commitment, you know, and like I've been so, so lucky to be on, on the team with really good guys like Matt Finler, not Ian, but like Matt Finler. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, like really seasoned guys that have been there, done that kind of thing. And, uh, and when you start with a new team, a rookie team, um, it's, 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 it's multiple year, you know, you, you got to stick with it for multiple years to start making a dent in it. And, uh, I think just, that's just what we're saying to you guys earlier on. Yeah. This is not a, a quick fix. You guys are not going to go to Kentucky next month and whip the shit out of these guys. No. It is a, I tell people almost a two or three year project. If you want to a make the Canadian team, although, some years, some years, all you need to do is tick the box. A lot of years, you don't. You got to work your arse off, <clears throat> and to do it properly, it's a two or three year project where you get on that team, try and stay together as a team, mm -hmm. and and climb that ladder. Uh, I can't stress that enough that it's not just a a one year shot, a one year deal. Did you ever have? So you were saying earlier that <clears throat> there was a time where you started climbing the ladder on the competition world do you remember what that what like what clicked for you to make that climb couple start of things happening a couple of things i uh, i bought my first house in 2004 five something like that, and i just had a little garage to to practice in and every time i start <clears throat> the forge and start banging away in the anvil the neighbor would complain and send the bylaws officer over i lived in town mm -hmm. so the bylaws officer really put a damper on my practice yeah Man, I, was, I was choked 2008, uh, I moved to a little uh, acreage, nice 60 by 40 shop, make as much noise and play as much crap music as I really want. Nobody's going to bother me. I so 
in 2008, the practice level went up. 2009, this was a big one for me, I, I joined this group called the WCB. It was oh, the yeah. third season. I'd called Craig. I'd spoken to Bill Poor, who had come to Walla Walla in 2008, I think. And he said, oh, yeah, man, you sign up. Come on down, you know. And I'd, I'd gone to my first WCB, uh, Madison, 2009. Uh, I just went, there was the only Canadian there. Probably, I think I must have been the first Canadian to go to the WCB. I could be wrong. But anyway, I thought it was the first one. Third season, there was no match play at the first couple. It was this fast and furious thing where you were racing yourself to jump pieces of steel up or drop pieces of steel out. Uh, it wasn't mandatory. You could pick and choose if you want to do it. And then they had the just the same format with the two forging goals and then the shoe. It was just an extra little class. It was fast and furious. He called it fast and furious. He stuck you in the corner and you'd give him your 20 bucks if you wanted to do it. Mm. So the first two contests that year, that's what it was. And I was like... I want no part of that. I'm not fast and I'm not furious. I'm, I'm, going to, I'm just going to give it a big old body swerve. But the was, third one I went to... Was, was that the same one where like they filmed it with money in Austin? Nope. That was it's something a, else. That was a different... That was a TV show. Okay. That was a different thing. But that when wasn't they, like the same kind of format? Nah, like, okay. That was where they made the court screw. Yep. A uh, different thing. Okay. This was just a fire in the corner. I think it was... It was Craig's uncle or Craig's dad that just used to run it. Oh, hey, come on over, have a shot. There's 20 bucks, give it a shot, you know. And I was like, I want no part of that. I was not confident <laughs> in that from that. But in the third one I did, it was Epping, New Hampshire, and that was the first match play and everybody was in. You had no choice in the matter. You were yeah. in. You were drawn against him. You were drawn against him. It was, all, it was, it was great. And we had a ton of fun. And I've actually got the... Uh, I won. I won the first one. I won the first match, but I've got the buckle. I think I got a rasp. I got a free rasp. I've got a new rasp, <laughs> which I've probably still got because I love my, I look after my rasps. Uh, there was no money involved. I got a buckle and a rasp, and that was it. But I got my name on the on the board first. Uh, and I've still got the shoes. Gene Leisure and I were in the final. I've got the shoes at home. I've brought them to different WCB since, show people just the evolution of this one particular competition, you know? Yeah. It was just a little plain stamp shoe. Uh, 11 inches, 12 inches of three quarter three. You had to make a little hind playing stamp with a little clip on it. Todd Walker was our judge, and it was cool. It was ton of fun with the music going, and oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was brilliant. Do uh, you remember how long the time? Ah, uh, it was a generous six or seven, eight minutes or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. At the time, you're thinking, woohoo. No, yeah. But you look at them now, and the again, the evolution. It's roadsters now. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. crazy. It's crazy. I've got Madrid's and Beans final shoes, little roadster from. 2016 when James and I judged in, in Vegas. Were you guys at that one? And they I made the final and, and the shoes are... And they sit next to the shoes that Gene and I made. It's like, whoa. Yeah. Chalk and cheese, you know. So, so back to the question. Yeah. That was the other reason I feel my skill level uh, improved, grew. Was joining this WCB. Um, aye, so since 2009, we, we made the top 10 in Calgary. And then since then, it's been a, it was a constant fight to get that. That top 10 in Calgary thing was no small feat. That was a tough, tough thing to do. Just ask anyone that's, some of those guys that do it every year, they must just think it's pretty damn easy. But for me, it was a real fight every year. And then 2009 was the first time I made it, which was pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Did you, did you make it more times than that? Hey, one other time, the last one, 2014, which was which the, the best one, you know, because yeah. everybody was there. Yeah, the last one. Last the last one. Every, everybody was there. That was a, that was something for the rest of my life. I'll never forget the the last one in the in the big tent, for the final. Like was it just like, 
the energy coming out of the place because just everybody knew it was the last one. So they're just... Everybody knew it was the last one. Hans Mustard was there, the big sponsor. Uh, yeah, you name it. Any hot shot on the face of the planet was there trying to... Uh, trying to make that top 10, trying to make that top five. Yeah. Yeah, it is cra it's crazy to see the difference even between Calgary shoes and like some of the WC. I get that it was, it's like a different competition altogether, but I have some Calgary shoes that Marshall sent me and like those compared to like some of the WCB shoes now, they're just a completely different beast, it seems like. I, all right, my opinion, apples yeah. and oranges. Yeah. You go oh, to the, yeah. the WCB, like. you've got an hour. Yep. Oh. The shoes, you know, you can get some difficult shoes, but you've got a Calgary, and you look at some of the shoes, Marshall will tell you. And, and I mean, Marshall knows that competition better than anyone. Yeah. Uh, he will tell you some of the tough, tough shoes you had, had to <clears> knock out in. Like 30 minutes, 45 minutes. 40, 45 minutes. Was it 35? For a pair of road surge ones with the 5 8 toe. Some of these guys can answer the questions better than, than I can. Um, and it suited some people more than others. I love Travis Coons. Mm -hmm. he's, he's an amazing, that's, that is one yeah. amazing horseshoe, right? Oh, an yeah. amazing horseshoe. Uh, and in my humble opinion, WCB suited him perfectly. He was five-time, four-time national champion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it suited him. He's got a slow, <laughs> methodical swing. Some people might say I'm talking a lot of nonsense here, but I think he had a slow methodical swing and that one hour time limit suited him fine. But you go up to Calgary, the high altitude, and you try and make a something, pair of something, German army shoes and a double dobber with a welded on tow bar in 40 or 45 minutes, he's gonna struggle. He's gonna struggle more than Gene Leisure who, who goes so fast or, or Beanie. I mean, Beanie's, in my opinion, the best of the best. Um, Calgary suited those guys, whereas it just didn't ever suit Travis, and he never made that. He never made the final. He, you're, yeah. you're national champion for five years, never made the, the top ten. You know. That yeah, it is. It's like as a as a novice, I remember watching Travis, and he's like, "Is he gonna get done?" Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I don't know if he's gonna. Get, and then he gets done. It's just like everything yeah, yeah. falls into pieces perfectly. You know. But I do see how. So to see your your WCB shoes, oh, yeah. some of them can be like jewelry, chromed up, and and just amazing. Uh, competition shoes whereas Calgary you know you just it was a it was a scoring system as well different system okay. of getting scored you had to you got so many points for dimensions it took me years God, it took me five six years to figure out you got maximum points for having this thing working the millimeters mm -hmm. and it took me six years to figure that crap out <laughs> and then once I did oh you got your 10 for the dimension once you got your 10 for the God, you were higher you were in the top 20% the minute you got your dimensions because so many people forgot about it if you could get flat Level your nail holes and, and that thing. That's what I've heard. Yeah, it was it, it was, was a different it was animal. Judged pretty like, they, was it just because they had so many shoes to get through? They had to find a way to judge it really easy. It wasn't like the five eighths roadster deal that it was like had to be there or just not necessarily. You go to Vegas when uh, we judged back in two thousand six. There was one hundred twenty people. Calgary, there was maybe I don't know. Some years it was 50, 60, 70. I think one year they had over okay. 100. But uh, there was there's never a ton more people competing at Calgary than there were at any WCBs. So it wasn't the, the volume. Uh, it was just, it was more of a, it was more of an Ironman, a battle of the fittest, strongest, fastest. 
Uh, whereas WCB, I'm not taking anything away no, from those guys, no, but that no. is a more of a, a high-end quality, get the details right yeah. type of competition, which suits others. Could be more like a marathon compared to a sprint. I don't, yeah. know, I don't even know if it's a marathon. Yeah, the marathon is still pretty dang hard. But it's like the, they're equally as hard. They're equally yeah. equally as hard. Yeah, right? yeah, they're both, they're both. But that makes sense. Of like looking at the shoes of both sides, it's where it's like the Calgary shoes I have, they're still all flat. Nail holes are good. Everything like that. They just have like a few more hammer marks in them. Yeah, yeah. Some other weird. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's just like they are just not as. Yeah, there's just no time. Uh, well, time polish them. So, a. Speaking candidly here, I will. Uh, I just hope this new one, Spruce Meadows in the summer, is more like the old one, where it's a little more rough and ready, a little more fast and furious. It's not going to suit this old guy, 50 years old. It's not going to suit me, but mm -hmm. I would like to see the strongest, fastest. I think it will be a little more that way. I don't know for sure, but I remember right before it got canceled last time, like some of those were pretty fast and wicked yeah, yeah. classes. Like the one was... I think it was nine inches, two nine inch pieces of inch and a quarter. And you had to make that Australian draft yeah, yeah. line in 25 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, yeah, if we can do. It was cooking. But I'll let that be handled by the organizers because they know way more than, than I do. But I would personally like to see it go the Fast and Furious route. Just to. And then we'll pick our big champ, you know? Are, yeah. are you guys pretty, pretty pumped to see a big contest coming back to Canada then? Oh, I think so. I think having the NS type of world championships, just the fact that it's in Canada, in Alberta, brilliant. But just the fact that we're having the world championship, when the old one went away in 2014, and there was talk about having it in Australia, or having it in the UK, or somewhere else. It was cool, but to have it yeah, in the backyard would be even better. Yeah, yeah, yeah I suppose so. Aye. Do you plan on going back to a team deal? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm a, I'm definitely a team competitor. Um, yeah. Just like I never competed at uh, Calgary, but the I'm much more of a, like Ian was saying, I'm much more of a Travis Coons. You know, I I like to make one shoe and put it on a foot, and and that's that's <laughs> yeah. me. You know, uh, I'll definitely. You wish it. you were more like Travis Coons. <clears throat> yeah, no, I do. I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I wish I only had one button up and uh, the rest undone, and uh, <laughs> walk around drunk all the time. No, I'm kidding, Travis, I love you, but. Uh, but no, I definitely like the team aspect. Uh, with that being said, with uh, Spruce in our backyard and uh, me never competing at uh, Calgary, I definitely think I'll I'll throw my hat in the ring and see what happens. Um, but but yeah, I definitely think that I've come leaps and bounds just through the team competitions, just by having everyone tell me what I what I suck at. Yeah. How I I don't think about how old are you right now. Uh, I'm 29 years young. Yeah, that's pretty young. Yeah. Yeah. It's same age as you, right? 30. Huh. Pretty damn close. 30, yeah. 30. Nice. Yeah. Well, we uh, it's getting pretty late, and you guys got a oh, yeah. bit of a drive home. But well, Ian does. I'm not going <laughs> to. I'm going to take one of these dabs that Riley keeps on. <laughs> and uh, hit the old motor highway. Yeah. <laughs> Just pass out. <laughs> but... A question we like to ask everybody is like, who is four people that you look up to and hold in high regard? And You're Mount Rushmore. Consider it as a Mount Rushmore. Like, who are four people? Go for it. Well, let you start, John. 
Sure. Yeah. Um, easy, easy first two. The two guys I worked with, uh, me and Richie. Um, even though he's an asshole and a dickhead, uh, <laughs> he barely speaks well, English. And uh, one. Yeah, yeah. Robbie's helping him with his first grade right now. With his uh, youngest son. Um, <laughs> so Ian's Ian obviously won. Uh, my dad, Steve Dixon, he's definitely won. Um, and then after that, I would say. Um, just, just for shooting, um, honestly, I, I, I absolutely look up to and love uh, Vincent Lamal. Um, I think that he does just amazing, amazing stuff. Um, and then fourth, oof, uh, I'm going to go to Ian, and then I might just finish off my fourth. I'll, I'll think about this. You can... Hey, well, for me, Steve Dixon. Steve Dixon was the man. He, he, made, he made everything fun. He got me here in the first place, so mm -hmm. it's his fault. Uh, definitely James James Finlow you guys all know James eh? yeah yeah yeah. Hall of Famer mm -hmm. um, he was with you guys at Andy Readersmith's that year over at Stonely he yes. came with Matt and came with Matt yep uh, so definitely James James helped me a lot with the competition stuff everyday stuff um, and he's not one to share his, his thoughts he, he never seems to get asked you don't see him do clinics He's judged a lot. He's judged all over the world. But mm -hmm. uh, if any, if you ever get a chance to talk with him, sit with him. Sounds he's, like he's got, James he's, is one we need on the podcast one day. Definitely, definitely. He's not going to say anything, but we call him Dial Tone. Uh, my old, my old boss, my old boss, Sandy Duff. He's the guy that uh, started me. He just passed away, as I mentioned earlier on last spring. He was a, an amazing uh, guy. He was in his eighties when he passed away. Uh, I mean, so many things I could tell you about him, but humble, quiet. He made he would knock these things out with his with his golf sweater still on. It was effortless. Uh, so many things, quiet around horses, quiet around people. Uh, you got I got so much out of him. Uh, so definitely him. And then a fourth, I don't know, fourth. Yeah. Hard one. We got a visitor. Oh, hey there, Larry. <laughs> I mentioned, right. I mentioned, <laughs> I mentioned Travis Coons earlier on. I, I get to see a lot of Travis's work when a, a lot of his horses come up our way in the summer. I think his work's great. He shoots a lot of concave, well, all concave. He shoots a lot of toe clips. Uh, I think he puts a lot of the thick section on, so I get a lot of juicy resets all summer. Mm -hmm. uh, is he? Is he my fourth guy? He's definitely one I hold in a high well, regard. Obviously, Craig. Craig. Yeah. Craig. I've known Craig for I know Craig for years. Before I even came here, we used to compete against each other at Close Burn. Definitely, I let, I'd go with Craig and Travis. Oh, We'd be fourth and fifth equal. You know, Craig. Uh, I met him years ago when he was still a young punk with the the flat top and the stripy hair, and he <laughs> yeah. even had the mullet. Even had the mullet. Yeah. My God. Uh, and who? Stripes. Yeah. Who? I mean, who hasn't learned from from that guy? He's he's been on many uh, many lists. Oh yeah, or the top four. I, I mean, I, you, I, a lot of people throw him on there because he's probably the most famous farrier in the world, you know. Um, so definitely him. Can I choose one more? Sure, Mister Mister Bean, Mister Stephen Bean. That's yeah. gonna be pretty close with Beanie these days. We chit chat a lot. Uh, and in my opinion, he's the best of the best, the competition guy right now. You watch him do a clinic. He doesn't have to practice prep. He doesn't do it. He just you want him to do a. Bevel demonstration on the horse, boom, it's done. Boom. Uh, I like his style. I've yeah. judged him a bunch. 
I, I, I was able to disqualify him at the convention once. Doesn't matter, he's judged me a bunch. <laughs> hey, but when he competes, he does it with a smile on his face. He's always laughing, having a giggle, having a bit of fun. Uh, so he would definitely be another one of mine. That's cool. cool. But, but let's stop there because I, I'll just keep picking back guys. <laughs> <laughs> he, there's definitely, definitely Travis and, and Craig and, and Beanie, for sure. Those, those After fourth, Steve, Finley, yeah. <laughs> aye. And, and Sandy. I've got a fourth equal, I think, uh, Justin Fountain and uh, Matt Finler, mm-hmm. just two of my best friends, you know, and uh, it's just really good to have two guys that are like-minded that you can call up and just bounce things off of, talk about everyday shoeing, just yeah. talk about the kids, talk about yep. your life, talk about mortgages and marriages and all the M words. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, moms. Um, <laughs> and... and uh, and for me, that that's that's what uh, that's what this thing's all about, you know. Just just meeting new people and uh, and making connections. And uh, those two have really just uh, just helped me along and uh, kept me interested. You mm-hmm. know, some days when you're when you're shooing, you know, like Ian said, you're, you're just shooing like one horse in 40, 40 minutes or whatever. You got fourteen or twelve or ten or whatever it may be on the list that day, and and uh, and you can just call somebody up and. And bitch and complain and yeah. feel <laughs> better and, and off you go again. Yeah. Just what I was saying to you again. What was your man's name? Trey. 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 Just chatting with him earlier on, young kid, and uh, he was asking about the competition. And I, I, I can't stress enough that being around this Farrier family that we keep going on about, and you can pick up uh, the phone anytime if you're having a bad day. You're having, you know, it's a Monday morning. It's raining sideways, and you're going to go out there and you got a bunch on your list. Just to know that you're coming to see you guys at the weekend or we're going to do a clinic in a couple of weeks, it, it just inspires you. It just, it just makes it fun. It just makes it more fun. It really does. Oh, yeah. Knowing that any of you guys are a phone call away, this guy, Justin, Matt, wh- whoever, you know, that it just makes it fun having this farrier family rather than being isolated, thinking you've got it all going on when you really don't. No, that's, those are two good ones, man. Because I, I think that's like, one thing too we try to do with this is let people know like everybody's got the same crap going on you know what i mean like it's pretty we work in such an isolated job it's pretty easy to think like i'm the only one good but then when you call your buddy and you tell him all the shit then he's like yeah dude it's happening over here too yeah yeah you're not you're not alone in it barrel racers am i right (laughs) (laughs) you know the difference between a barrel racer and a bowling never mind (laughs) And on that note, thank yeah. you everybody for joining us tonight and thank you guys for all your help. Thanks and for having us. Joining Thanks us for a bunch episode. today. Thanks for having us. Thanks to Brian for inviting us down today. Yeah, thank uh, you. Again, just recharge the batteries and, and pump to get home and crack on a Monday. Exactly. And always remember, you're just our top hat. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Ian. Thank you're you, welcome. John. Thanks, guys. <laughs>